It took a big chunk It's bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh no, it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Paul Sculthorpe over the past few days. If you've not caught it yet, well, it's still very much available. There's never a dull moment in rugby league, is there? So let's get straight into the chat with Steve-O, who's waiting for us in Australia. Steve-O, the big news in the past 24 hours, Lee Radford's back in the game. Head coach of Castleford from the end of this year on a two-year deal to replace Warrington-bound Daryl Powell. Great news for one of the good guys in the game. Without a doubt, Eddie. He is a good guy. He's a good coach as well. And I'm pleased for him for one specific reason. The way that he was chopped at Hull was disgraceful. That live interview, and they said he's no longer with the club, was an absolute disgrace. Not the best way for anybody to receive their marching orders. And I think Castleford have gained a very, very good coach. And on top of that, they have got a tried and trusted good coach. And I wish Lee Radford and Castleford all the best. Yeah, I think we both do. Lee Radford is a good guy. Uh, You're right, his departure from Hull last year was was ignominious at best, um, and people have called it disgraceful when he was sacked on live television. He says, though, there's no hard feelings. He doesn't have anything to prove to anyone, does he? No, and look, he's that sort of guy. A lot of people would have gone and said, you know, this is shocking, they shouldn't have done this for me, what have I done for the club, etc. Look, he took the sucker punch, just kept his mouth shut, and realised... In his own ability, one day, another club will come and want him. And congratulations for the Tigers to doing just that. Yes, and they've rescued him from Rugby Union because he was going over to America to, uh, to be involved in the club over there. So he stays in the game, which is, which is great news. Great well, news. That's, a great, that's a great bonus, Eddie, isn't it? Any time that we can inflict an injury in any <laughs> shape or form to those 15-a-side wallers, it makes me smile. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I've known that for 30 years. Um, listen, uh, Sky Sports, our old employers, they have announced that they're continuing its deal with the Betfred Super League for a further two seasons, taking the partnership now to 28 years. 66 live games exclusively each and every year. The grand final, the playoffs, of course. And they're also going to... Um, allow some of the matches to be shown on Sky Sports free-to-air platforms. What a remarkable deal this is, you know. 28 years, Steve-O. I don't know of one broadcast company with another sport that has got anything like as that longevity. It's incredible. It certainly is. And uh, I congratulate them for extending. But we all knew that that was going to be a difficult situation, especially with the pandemic. They didn't get the full broadcasting situation sorted out. Uh, It's not surprising that no figure 
has been offered to the public. So I get the impression that it's certainly not higher and probably more lower than what they got on the last contract. But either way, we have to be thankful for small mercies. In this troubled times, I think it's wonderful that at least we've got another two years after the end of this contract. Absolutely. Uh, the current contract, £40 million, I think, per year. I'm with you. I can't see it being anything like that over the next two years. But the, the big thing for the Rugby League now is they, they apparently have the ability, if they can find another broadcaster, to uh, transmit championship matches and League One matches somewhere else because the, the, the Super League only deal, it's a Super League exclusive deal from what we understand. Yeah, well, it's been a few years since Sky have actually uh, divulged into Premiership. Uh, to my knowledge, they've never done um, uh, Premiership 1 or, or the lower league. Uh, so there is an opportunity. You can call it a sort of a light at the end of the tunnel. But I don't think there'll be anybody out there, sadly, that will have big money to say that we will put out the Premiership and Division 1. It'll be interesting to see how it how it all pans out. Well, look, we, we've talked about one good guy coming back into the game in uh, Lee Radford. Uh, he'll be looking for staff to join him, uh, with Ryan Sheridan being hotly tipped to follow Daryl Powell to Warrington. Andrew Henderson and Lee Breers uh, leaving the Wolves at the end of the year. Surely they will be candidates, won't they? Well, I would imagine that uh, Lee Breers would be the favourite, though uh, Henderson certainly has got a lot of experience. He did a damn fine job down at the London Broncos. But I think you'd have to say that Breers would tip it if it was a fight between those two. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. He's a shrewd cookie, is Lee Radford. He won't be rushing into this. He won't take over until next year. And it's going to be very, very interesting indeed. Well, Lee Breers, 25-year association with the Warrington Wolves. It's all coming to an end. Uh, a lot of people around here have said that uh, they're pretty sad to hear that news. But he's had a great innings, hasn't he? Certainly has. It, it, it's rather surprised me. But maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe Lee Breers might think to himself, well, maybe it's time for me to have a change. Maybe it's time for me to have another challenge. If you're going to be a good coach, you've got to take these decisions and say, I want to do it on my own. I don't want to be an assistant all the time. Now, in my days, Eddie, when I was playing, the most amazing thing about the head coach did not want a very good assistant coach because they were always frightened that the assistant coach would eventually take over and he'd get the sack. So they used to try to avoid anybody that had any, any, say, idea about coaching. It was a different game then. The money now, of course, is, uh, is very attractive. And let's hope that both of them, both Henderson and Breers, do find themselves in a situation where they can go to another club and they can learn. And one day, both of them can become first-team coaches. I don't know why people want to be first-team coaches, Steve-O, to be honest, because you're right. You know, you're assistant coach and you're there for something like 25 years, man and boy. If you're a coach, <laughs> you're gone in six or seven years. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult situation to put yourself in, isn't it? it but it's that decision. Look, Lee Briers was a competitor and so was Henderson. You know, they, they didn't take any, shall we say, uh, rubbish on the field of play. And I'm sure that they don't want to take any rubbish off the field of play. But once you get that adrenaline pumping through your body, you want to achieve. When a player starts, youngster coming through, you don't want to just play for the first team. You want to go on and play for your country. You want to coach. You want to coach them and and hope that one day you lift the trophy or or win the win the Super League. It's got to have some incentive, and I just hope that they can, because they are very very good coaches. They've proven that. They've been under some very good tactical coaches as well. Well, Lee Breers himself says he arrived at Warrington as a boy, and he leaves as a man, which I think is a, is a lovely quote. Now, talking of Warrington, they had a great win, didn't they, in Perpignan at the weekend against the previously unbeaten Catalan Dragons. And they did it without their marquee man, Blake Austin. Steve Price dropped him, gave Stefan Ratchford and Gareth Widdop the job of steering the team around. It paid off for him all right, didn't it? Certainly did, 24-8. That's because uh, Catalan had been playing exceptionally well. Uh, I thought that they would get into the top four the way that they were playing. But uh, out in France as well, all the difficulties having to go down there and come back the same day, et cetera, and so forth. But look, Price has done the right thing. He's brought together what he thought was the best halfback combination. And it, it proved that that was the way. I think he was quoted as saying, you know, sometimes I've got to take a tough decision. And that's the pressure that a coach is under. And it's going to be interesting to see when Austin will be selected in the first grade. Well, it will be. He has said, Steve Price, he's not afraid of making the big decisions. And he proved that at the weekend. I thought Daryl Clark was outstanding, though, Steve, didn't you? And I thought they really shut down Sam Tompkins. Yeah, well, he's, he's a key player to him. Uh, he's obviously made it quite clear that he wants to take that number one jersey for for England in the World Cup. What a competition that's turning out to be, isn't it? You know, we've got so many good full-backs running around. And Tompkins, they knew. Look, Warrington knew that they that was the key man. If you can close him down, and I thought Warrington's kicking game was outstanding. They made sure that it, they, had, they had him turning around, not taking the ball on the full. They kept the kicks low. It was a great tactics uh, from from Price at Warrington. Yeah, and as I say, he's, he's not afraid of making the big decisions, he says. So here's a big decision coming up for him. When is Greg Inglis going to play? This weekend, do you think? Well, I hope so. Um, it, I don't know. I don't know what the scenario is from the start. He's obviously uh, is not fully fit. But with all the publicity surrounding, bringing him in and back into the game. You would have thought that he perhaps would have thrown him out for the last 10, 15 minutes just to see how fit he is. It's difficult to prove. I reckon he's carrying an injury and no one wants to admit the fact that this injury is going to take a lot longer than is possible. I mean, he's been training at Warrington since mid-January. Right. How long do you how long do you need to become fully fit? 
Well, let's see if he turns out this weekend. We shall see. Uh, Saints and Wigan are now the only two clubs left with uh, 100% records intact at the top of the table. Um, is it becoming a two-horse race already, just four weeks in? Surely not. I hate to disappoint you, Eddie, but they're going to take some catching, aren't they? They are the two standout teams at the moment. And the way things are going, it's going to be difficult for, for them. They have bought well over the last two, three seasons. They know what's needed. Those two clubs have dug deep and said, we will get this lad. We want to create, bringing people through from the, the junior ranks. They've done it very well indeed. And let's face it, when you look through, there hasn't been many bad buys, has there? Not really, not really. And Bevan French is certainly not a bad buy. He returned to the Wigan lineup. Uh, but on the wing this time, he grabbed two tries in the victory last weekend. Uh, Zach Hardacre, we're talking about Tompkins, we're talking about the fullbacks knocking on the door for England. Zach Hardacre maintaining his position at fullback. Well, it's, it's made it quite clear, hasn't it? Hardacre says, well, I'm the best. And that's what I like to see from a professional rugby league player. I, I, I don't like these people saying, oh, well, you know, I, I hope I'm being picked or whatever. Hardacre is, is brussen. He's tough. He wants the world to know I'm the best. Nothing wrong in that. We've, we've had many a sports person that said that. Remember a bloke called Cassius Clay, Mohammed Ali? I'm the best. Oh, oh. I think he said, I'm the greatest, didn't he? I am the greatest. And he was, was old uh, Muhammad Ali. He really was. Well, well a, a lot of people have raised eyebrows that uh, Hardacre has come out and said, I'm, I'm number one, I'm best. The others can wait. I'm sorry, but you're not going to be selected. What's wrong with that? A little bit of PR, a little bit of publicity from the rugby league where people are cocky. And do you know what will happen? There'll be thousands of fans out there thinking just one thing. I hope he gets beaten. Let's go watch <laughs> him get beaten. Because that's, that's the way that psychologists work, is that they'll get the opposition coaches, they'll be saying to, oh, this hardacre thinks he's number one, thinks he can walk on water. Well, let's drown him. Oh, it's, fan <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. That's what, that's what sport's all about. We had Gallon, the former Cronulla player, right? He beat a world champion. It only lasted over a minute. He came out 100 mile an hour, bang, 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 and put the former world champion on the floor. You're not suggesting that Hardacre comes out on the weekend and goes bang, bang, bang and puts someone on the deck in the rugby league world, are you? Well, I tell you what, I reckon he'd have a good go. <laughs> and listen, there are certain things where people don't realise about, about what rugby league, especially that a tough sport, You've got to be able to take the punches. You've got to be able to... And every now and again, you've got to be able to throw one. You'd have them all with red cards if you were still back here. I could see it coming. I can see it well, coming. Well, I, I can remember years and years ago uh, for a charity. I remember John Bentley. Yeah. He, was, he was training to there, but I was there in London for it. And Bentley came out first round, and I've never seen a one-sided one bout in my life. He got battered, bruised, and knocked to the ground. <laughs> And I'll give Bentley his due. He said, I won't be boxing again. 
<laughs> I bet he didn't. Blimey. Blimey. Oh, who, would, that, uh, who would climb into the ring even for charity? I would. Oh, dearie me today. It's uh, Listen, Gallon's a tough operator. And, and I reckon, wouldn't that be great to see Hardacre? Now then, any boxing promoter out there? <laughs> Hardacre, <laughs> come on. I'm the best fullback. I'm going to show you I'm the best fighter. Oh, blimey. You, let's, you, let's, let's sell thousands of tickets. Well, they probably will be. You're going to have Wigan on your back now for saying that get, get Hardacre in the, in the boxing <laughs> ring. Uh, look, back to the field. Another great win for Hulkingston Rovers. They beat Leeds 26-6. Kane Lynette got a hat-trick. Ryan Hall, of all people, Ryan Hall, he got his 200th Super League try against Leeds, of all clubs. Yes. Um a bit of justice, or maybe injustice, depending on who you're supporting. But isn't it amazing that Ryan Hall, he went down to Australia, came down here, played with the Roosters, and they wouldn't pass him the ball. He never scored a try. It's just amazing. He comes back to England and starts ticking the tries over each week. And congratulations to him. He's not only been a great player and in Super League. He's been a great player for his country as well. Yes, he has. He's a, he's a big, strong lad, isn't he? Remember the night when he went down the wing at Huddersfield and won Leeds, the league leader's shield with that try in the last minute? That was a great night for him, wasn't it? Ryan Hall. Was it ever? And I tell you what, it was a great night for the helicopter as well because <laughs> they, were, they, they, were, they were nearly at Wigan to give the trophy and then all of a sudden Ryan Hall went, went, went. All of a sudden, I think you better turn back. It was a great night. It was a great night. Look, let's just talk briefly about Leeds. A lot have been made about their injury problems this year. They've had up to 10 first-teamers out. They did have uh, Horrell, Handley and Myler all back at Rovers. So it was a bit of a setback, uh, this for them, wasn't it? Where do you think Leeds are at the moment, Steve? A lot of people say they're in transition. They won the Challenge Cup last year, for goodness sake. Well, I hate I hate that word transition. Um, I'll use the word a mess, mess. That's how it is. Sometimes when you've got so many players injured, your coach will take a gamble. Maybe all those players that went back really shouldn't have come back until maybe another two weeks. It's a difficult selection for any coach, but it's an experience that you think that may get them through. And it just didn't work out for them. But don't write them off. Really, do not write leads off. The people have done that so many, so many times. And as you say, they won the Challenge Cup last year. That's not bad going, is it? It isn't bad going, no, it isn't. But they, 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 need, they need something, I think, and quickly. I mean, Sean Long's there. Kevin Sinfield, of course, very much in the background. Richard Agar as well. Uh, you're confident they'll fix it, though? You, you think they'll be okay? Yeah, I think they'll finish middle of the table. I don't think there'll be any sort of suggestion that they'll, they'll be in the relegation zone. There's far too many good players that maybe are not just hitting the high spots. I, I think that they've pushed too many injured players back early and it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out. But for Hulkingston Rovers, you've got to give them credit. They could have actually been at the top of the table. Who would have thought that? Not many. Not many. We're looking at the bottom of the table now. Salford, 
they got the better of Lee. So that means Lee, Wakefield, uh, who managed a decent show against Hull, and Huddersfield, who became the first side to score two tries in a match against the Saints this year. They're now sitting at the foot of the table without a point. So promising signs maybe for the Giants and Trinity, do you think? I'm not so sure about promising. Uh, I think that they are going to get to a stage halfway through the season where realistically they'll just want to avoid relegation. Once again, a new coach at Huddersfield, it's not going to be easy for them there. Uh, Wakefield, well, they're up and down. Sometimes they can produce some wonderful rugby league and then all of a sudden in the second half, they just fall apart defensive-wise. It's it's not going to be easy for them. And look, Salford will be happy, a 34-8 win over Lee. But again, we come back to the Lee situation. Uh, they only got 50% money from Super League. What do you expect? Yeah, they look doomed, don't they? Which is yeah, a shame, a real shame. Well, you think it's a shame, but for those clubs that are struggling now, they're hoping they're going for a four-pointer. Oh, wait until we play Lee. And you can't really have any club thinking that way. But I'm afraid in the next four or five weeks, there'll be quite a few clubs saying, boy, we've still got to play Lee. That could be the deciding factor. I know that you're the rumour monger, you always are, um, but I've got a, a feeling that I've read and heard somewhere over the past few weeks that now the Sky TV deal has been done, there might be yet another restructuring of the Super League and there might not be promotion and relegation this year. They might go to 13 clubs, they might go to 14 clubs, there might be promotion, but there might not be any relegation. If that's the case, Lee are saved. Well... If there's no relegation, then the premiership clubs should just pack up. Simple as that. What about the enthusiastic crowds that they want to draw if they do want that? You just take away the competition. What's the point in playing? If there's no golden apple hanging off that tree, well, and you're one, des- one or two, and you're well, one or two might to- come in. One or two might come in, Steve. The top two might come in and make it a 14-team league, league, Super League. I mean, that's the rumour. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Look, everybody points down here in Australia because we've never had relegation in rugby league. Down in Australia, it's always been you're safe. But nobody wants a wooden spoon. Nobody wants to finish last. We understand that. But where's the carrot for the premiership teams to improve themselves, to make sure that the crowd gets going? That's where, that's where the juices flow when you think, we've got a chance. We have a chance to get into Super League. You can't take that away from them. Not really. No, I, I know. And as I say, it's only, it's only just uh, well, it's a, pub it's gossip. A, it's only pub gossip. Well, uh, well, you 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 should know. You go to a lot of pubs these days since <laughs> not, you've retired. Not talking really. Not which, now. Not now. <laughs> talking of which, talking of which, Eddie, um, it's amazing, isn't it? You know that up there in Britain, and let's not forget France, they they want to change things. They want to do this and they want to do that. Do you know the NRL are trying to bring in two conference systems? 
like the, the United States of America, so that the winner of Conference 1 and the winner of Conference 2 will play in the grand final. Now, that great Australian player, Laurie Daly, has said, look, stop changing things. We've changed things over the last six or seven seasons. Let's just settle down and play the game of rugby league. And I agree with it. And on top of that, for 2026, the NRL have made it quite clear. They want another team in Brisbane and they want another team from New Zealand. Now, that's forward thinking. 2026, yes, it gives them time to prepare and get it on. But this conference system, the two-conference system, to me, is idiotic. Well, let's just talk now about a letter, while we're on this sort of subject of structures and, and the ways forward, about a letter that has appeared on the TotalRL.com website. It's been signed by almost 40 supporters of the game in this country, expressing concerns about the way the game is run and the perception of the game amongst the wider public. They say they're concerned about the commercial presentation of the sport, the competition structure, and, of course, governance of the game. Uh, we've not got time to go through every point that they make, Steve-O, because there's, there's dozens of them. But I know you've read it, I've read it, and people can find it on the website if they wish. What do you make of all this? It's simple. A lot of people are objecting to the fact that we have not really kicked off. We're still back in the dark ages. One of the complaints is that in Lancashire, they've done the good thing, St. Helens, Wigan, they've got top stadiums. In Yorkshire, we've got Castleford and Wakefield. We're still back in the 1940s. And they have every right to be uprising and saying, why haven't they done this? Why haven't we done that? But 40 people, it's not going to change anybody's mind. Now, if they had 40,000 people behind it, maybe that could put a large boot up the backside of the Rugby Football League because we have to start doing something. We've got well, to start making it making it a lot better for us to see. I know in that same thing, they're even suggesting that Sky Television really haven't given us a good run. Listen, without Sky Television and Murdoch's money, we'd all be playing amateur. Yeah, you're right. But, they, but they, they do take a pop at Sky, you're right. They say that Sky has got too much influence, they say, and Rugby League isn't getting good value for money. Um I can't see how 40 million every year for the last three years isn't good value for money. They've just signed a new deal. But I think we ought to point out, Sky, when, when we were there, and I know now when, when it's carrying on, we didn't influence the game. We didn't say, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to change, you've got to do that and the other. The Rugby League and the Super League decided their competition and then Sky decided whether they wanted to televise it. And that was That's as far as it went. That's right. I mean, I, I can remember uh, very much in the early days, Eddie, where the rugby league fans would complain and say, I can't believe you're putting a game out on Thursday nights. Yeah. And uh, uh, why would you want to have competition when Manchester United play Chelsea on the Friday night or a Saturday night? 
it's common sense to move away from the television audience and not clash with other sports. They came under a lot of criticism, and, and, and you and I came under a lot of criticism. Oh, the we were winning the game. We were winning yeah, the game, we, you and me. Oh, we, there were times <laughs> when we'd get, we'd get to a ground and they'd say, you're ruining our sports. I, I mean, some of, our com- some of our commentaries weren't 100% any. Yeah, no, no, we'll hold our hands up for no, that. Fair we, enough. Of course, we, we often made mistakes, but to be blamed. <laughs> um, they also take a shot at uh, the fact that the sport fails to attract top-class sponsors and uh, partners. I'm sure that Betfred will be delighted to read this. I mean, Betfred... They are magnificent supporters of the game. They pay whatever they pay to sponsor the sport. And there's a whole host of stuff that comes behind it, like Man of the Match Awards and the donations they've made to various charities over the years, the Rob Burrow Fund. Uh, I mean, there's millions of pounds behind the millions of pounds they pay to actually sponsor the sport itself and be the title sponsors. Well, they shouldn't get criticism. We should, (laughs) you know, welcome them, open arms, say thank you very much indeed. As you say, a lot of that is behind the scenes. It's not just about a big, huge lump of money that's going to be given to them. They have done the right thing. Look, getting sponsorship at this particular time is is not easy. They're also (laughs) concerned about the structure and, again, why the playoff format has been changed so often. I mean, that's... That's an ongoing debate. They also ask these 40-odd supporters, why do we allow our best players to go to the NRL? How can they stop them? Seriously. It's money, Eddie. It's money. Listen, when I signed for Penrith in 1973, do you think it was all because I could go on the beach and and wonderful sunshine? They They paid me a contract in my first game, I earned more money from 80 minutes than what I'd done in my entire career at Dewsbury. Wow. So why, why on earth wouldn't these people go to Australia? If you're good enough and they want to pay you XXX, then do it. And talking of big money, Sam Burgess has been approached by two NRL sides to come out of retirement, but he has made it quite clear that his, so, his shoulder injury, it just wouldn't take the strain. Now, Burgess, he wouldn't divulge which two clubs wanted to sign him, but he's admitted that Souths wasn't one of them, his old club. But he's not coming. He's not going to play, even for the big money that they no. offered. Because no. It, 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 because his shoulder's finished, basically. Yeah. But, you know, to try to... We, we spoke earlier about trying to come back earlier, but... When you've got an injury like that and it ends your career, you'd be mad to come back. Absolutely stupid to come back. Any other news from down there, Steve? Oh, oh, plenty, Eddie, plenty. Now, look, (laughs) Cronulla Sharks, they will have Craig Fitzgibbon. He's going to be the new coach next season. And he has been in talks with South Sydney's Adam Reynolds. We know that South Sydney will not give him more than one year for next year. Well, it appears that Adam Reynolds has signed a three-year deal for $2.4 million 
not bad wow. pay, is it? Wow, that's um, good. That, um, that, that's that, that's not quite as much as you got playing for um, Penrith <laughs> all those years ago, but still, it's good money. It's good money. <clears throat> well, that 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 just says it all, doesn't it? With these these forty people saying, "Why do our players go down to Australia?" It just says it all, doesn't it? It does. Michael Maguire is under pressure because the West Tigers are struggling. They're not performing. They are really in a lot of trouble. And everybody, fans, are saying, get rid of Michael Maguire. Well, guess what? Yesterday, the club gave him the dreaded vote oh, no. of confidence. Oh, no. So oh, I, no. Reckon, I reckon with either two days or one week, he's gone. Going back to Lee Breers, right at the start of this conversation uh, on the podcast this week, the question again to you, why does anybody want to be a head coach? Michael Maguire, brilliant at Wigan, left, left Sean Wayne in charge when he left, went back to Australia, and it just carried itself on. Sean built on what was left behind, you know? But, but why would you want to be a head coach? When things go wrong, they don't say, get rid of that player, get rid of that player, get shut of the chairman, get shut of the chief executive. It's always the poor old coaches down the road. Well, let's not forget that Michael Maguire run a premiership for South Sydney not too many years ago. Exactly. So the pressure, pressure is on. Now, you also have to understand, Eddie, that very few top-class players who played at international level, don't make a good go of becoming a coach. It's the lesser players. Now, Michael Maguire and a lot of other coaches, assistant coaches, they want to prove that they can be successful. Michael Maguire was successful at Wigan. He was also successful at South Sydney. But the bottom line, and you keep saying it, Eddie, you're not there for long. No. You're not. You're not. And when I speak to people about our podcast, Steve-O, some people say, it's just a bit short. It's not quite long enough. Well, look, I think we've taken enough time of people today. This has gone on forever, but it's been as entertaining as always, and it's always good to talk to you. Um, it, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's always good to, to talk to you, Eddie. I mean, you know, I know you're in a posh house and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you'll be you'll be dipping into the pool because they tell me the weather over there is very very good. Well, it's just dropped a bit. It's gone a bit chilly now, so uh, you know I, <laughs> the only pool I'll be dropping into is when we walk uh, walk the dog and uh, she goes into a massive puddle in the middle of one of the fields here. That's the only pool I see. I'm not like yeah, you with my own pool in the back garden. Hang on. How can you afford a dog these days? No, I look after the dog for Mark, my son. Ah, okay. So you've got a freebie. Yes. <laughs> Rob's yes. in the family. Get the freebie. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to talk to you. Let's leave it there. We'll see you next week, old boy. Take care. 